Welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast, the show for short-term rental professionals, hosts, and owners worldwide. I'm your host, Elaine Watts, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies, top tools and resources, and interviews with leading industry experts and successful holiday homeowners. We ask them to pull back the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Are you ready? Here we go. Today to welcome Lorraine from New Era Properties. Now, Lorraine is a seasoned property professional, online business entrepreneur, and a busy mum. Together with her husband, they built a sizable portfolio of properties, and together they branched out one arm of their business into the holiday let industry. And she's here to share her experience with us today. Welcome, Lorraine. How are you? Hello, Elaine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for asking. It's great to be here. It's it's so nice to record this, be recording this podcast with you. And we've we've met in person a couple of times. We're fairly local to one another, and yes. it's just been really, really exciting to hear about your journey. And I know that I've been on one of your husband's courses as well. He's <laughs> such, a, such a knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy, and we'll get to know a little bit more about you both in just a moment. So tell us a bit about that background and how you got started building that property portfolio with your husband yes so um, we've been investing um, in property since 1997 um, and I've, I've got a, had a corporate career as an accountant um, and I did lots of different um, works and different um, industries and, and basically over a period of time I realized that actually um, through running businesses we ran, we made more money through property than we did sometimes running the businesses um, one of the challenges um, was when we had we had a chain of pubs we had five pubs and from those pubs we made probably more money buying and selling pubs than we actually did running them it was kind of more of a lifestyle business actually running them and, and profiting from them so it was that realization that took us from um, my husband was in the police and we wanted to get away from the shifts and all of the um, the family life I suppose lack of balance and lack of under, of, of clarity about spending time together so we we realized that actually to to achieve the life we wanted, we needed to do something different. Um, my son's also born in 2004 with um, cerebral palsy, which gave us a, a, a kick up the bum really to to do something different and to uh, to look at a different way of living really to be able to cope with all the appointments, all the um, the care that he needs, but also to still make money and have a family um, work life balance. So. We looked at property more seriously in 2008 and um, took our property journey into HMOs, Houses of Multiple Occupation. My husband being an ex-police officer and because of the amount of legislation involved in HMOs, um, it was a bit like a duck to water with, with that sort of stuff. So um, we, we formed a basic income in HMOs to begin with and then we've kind of diversified into the holiday let industry more recently. Great stuff. What an exciting journey. And wow, what a, a busy family that you've got, especially dealing with the one son who has got all these extra needs. Yeah. And, and it's amazing that you've been able to build this business to, to make sure that he's cared for and you've all got the space to, to actually devote that time to him and, and to yourselves as a family through property. I think that's, that's absolutely amazing that you, you've built something that's just for you guys. 
Yeah, and I think it's something I've seen because we train property investors to do HMOs. It's something I've seen in a lot of people. Negativity that created the positivity. And I see that a lot in other people, really, that they use those kind of different challenges to move forward. Yeah, most most definitely. And and because of that, you've actually gone ahead and got this holiday let property. Can you tell us a bit about that property, about the location, how many it sleeps and what sort of service you offer? Yeah. So we have we have two types of holiday lets or um, I suppose we have like the more corporate accommodation that we provide locally in our area, our investing area, which is Worcester. Um, and then we have um, a holiday let out on the Welsh coast. Um, and that was really born out of the same challenge, really, that actually um, when we go on holiday as a family, we need, we need to go on an aeroplane or, you know, actually with a wheelchair, it's a real challenge to get abroad um, and to have a, a family holiday. So um, four years ago, we, we looked to find somewhere on the coast and I spent about nine months um, on Rightmove um, searching the, the maps and I literally like drew really weird shape um, little square boxes around the, uh, around the coastline of Wales and I had very specific criteria so it had to be no more than um, three hours travelling time, had to be on um, the beachfront, it had to have um, some kind of promenade, uh, obviously a wheelchair and sandy beaches weren't, weren't something that we were, um, we were thinking would work very well. So um, it had to be a bungalow. So I spent a long time looking for this this place because we as a family felt that we, we needed it and we wanted it. So in the back of our minds, we were always going to holiday let it. Um, and basically, I, I found the property. Um, we then spent um, three or four months getting um, go, visiting it and making sure going through the legal process. Um, and then we acquired it. So then we went through a, a period of refurbishment and um, now it's it's a lovely sleeps ten um, holiday let property on the Welsh, out, literally on the beach on the Welsh coast. I and I have been having a, a good look through your uh, website, and it's it's just absolutely beautiful. You can see yeah. that you've really put the thought into how it's laid out how close it is to the beach. I mean, the views are absolutely incredible. And yeah. I'm starting to plan my next year's holiday, just having looked through your website. So it's, I mean, it's really beautiful. You can really see the, the thoughts and the care and concern that's gone into the location. And, and it's great that it's primarily for you. But of course, off the back of that, it means that there's lots of people who are also looking for a lot of what your property offers. So absolutely, what would you, what would you say is the unique selling point? What does your holiday home really stand out for? I think um, it stands out for being literally smack bang on the front of the beach. And I, I think that's a huge asset because the location is primarily um, what people want. They want the idyllic, literally they can throw a stone and it lands on the beach. Um, it is also really nice because it's slightly elevated. So um, you don't have any of the, the concerns about erosion or coastal um, impact. So it's, it's slightly elevated. Um, in Cardigan Bay, they put a massive um, 
beachfront like kind of um, protection scheme in spent millions protecting um, the front of the promenade so it it has the benefit of being literally right on the front of the beach but also feeling very secure as an investment in property as well because you know I think the, the first thing you think of is like you know the house is going to drop into the sea once you kind of realized um, you know as an investment of course from um, a tourist point of view hey they don't really care do they as long as it's there next week and um, when they turn up but as investors when we're looking to to do this I think that has to be a consideration but it is also its unique selling point yeah that's it. I mean it's a truly beautiful location and the fact that you've put those uh, highlighted those different things for other listeners who are maybe looking to purchase by the sea I think they'll be very very key important points they need to be looking out for if they are looking to buy that close to the beach as you say so when you first got going we all sort of go through a few ups and downs as holiday homeowners new to getting a business off the ground and in welcoming people into our properties is there a a mistake or a failure something that happened that you came across that you've overcome that you might be able to share with listeners that would help them in their journeys yeah I, th- I think I mean we bought in quite an isolated area and away from home from our building team we have a, a building team in our local area that do all of our renovations and we're continually buying in our area but the holiday home was away from our, our main location our main residential location so um, one of the challenges for us was actually getting a, holiday, um, a building team there to be able to do the work. And, and that in itself was quite a challenge because um, locally uh, there aren't, the you know, population is quite small. There aren't the, the same sort of choices that we have where I'm based in the Midlands. So it, it, it became quite a challenge. And one of the things we did was actually we took our building team from here and we sort of shipped them out to the local area, um, which did increase the cost but it got the, the renovation done very quickly. So that, I don't know whether it's a, a mistake or, or a failure, but it's, it's kind of, it felt like it was necessary to get the job done. Yeah, so, it's more, it sounds like more of a, a challenge that you've overcome rather than anything that's particularly wrong. It was just a really yeah. tricky location. But it sounds yeah. like you had a, a really good team around you that you were able to send, pack up and send off over there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've got a few things on the snagging list now that I think I like, you know, and I use our local agent to to access um, local tradesmen to do the sort of the more snagging general maintenance stuff. Um, we didn't replace a fence, for instance, and I had to send the building team back up Easter last year to, to build a wall um, that was strong enough to cope with um, coastal the coastal challenges you know anything that's metal um rusts and erodes very quickly anything that um is is wood kind of it gets battered by the wind so you need quite robust solutions um especially being right on the seafront and literally when um early spring this year you know you go and look at the front garden and literally there is like stones the seas thrown at the, the 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 property so um, it does come up with its challenges in, in being able to keep up on top of the maintenance. One of the other things that I think it was a mistake, but it's easily rectified, is that um, I didn't replace some of the furniture in one of the bedrooms. And what I want to do is replace that this year and go through a um, 
also we've got um, a bed that has a pull out underneath and I want to replace that with a zip and lock solution um, because I think that would give more a more comfortable stay but that's a problem for me now because now I've got to get somebody to remove all the furniture that's there and get other furniture in so it's a bit of a logistic thing but I kind of wish I'd done that you know probably three 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 years ago something like that <laughs> got it I love a zip and lock because they just they just get that added flexibility don't yeah. they to yeah. to you advertising your holiday home and to guests coming to stay it gives them that flexibility to, yeah. to make that room for the yeah suit the people that are staying there yeah and the kind of the bed with the little bed underneath doesn't really work so well you know when you push them together they don't they're not really a double bed because somebody will slip down the middle um and and the little bed feels very much like a child bed it doesn't feel like an adult solution so I'm looking forward to changing those <laughs> yeah brilliant I think you shared some really good advice there for people especially looking to buy first of all in a slightly remote area and the challenges and things that they're going to have to plan ahead for and to to know that they're gonna have to face those challenges of maybe a small area of people and work people who are actually going to be able to complete works that are required in the area so that's one thing they'd need to plan for the second thing is some of the challenges that you've found in just the battering that the coast gets yeah. and how to deal with the different you know the materials to purchase outdoor furniture yeah. etc and and really make sure that that's robust enough to survive the the year yeah we we bought some um, um some picnic benches which are really heavy really sturdy things you know and and they're not the ideal solution you'd, you'd want sort of nice rattan sort of um, lounge type furniture but literally they'd be out on the sea so there's also a, a hot tub at the um at the, the place as well and i'll explain why we did that but the, the first time we put the hot tub in after one storm the hot tub lid was floating about in the sea because it was um it wasn't secured down it needs one of these like um oh well, i don't know what they're called like a ratchet type thing with a with a strap on it um and yeah so it has one of those on it all of the time now because the even with four clips on the on the hot tub the the wind just took that it's just not enough yeah and, and they're four five hundred pounds to replace so it's um yikes yeah it's something but luckily our neighbor fished it out of the the sea um so yeah we were oh, lucky there. <laughs> lovely neighbor yeah <laughs> oh my gosh she must have got that call and thought no no <laughs> no <laughs> oh great so let's have a look at the things that have worked really really well so far i mean it's beautifully decorated what one thing did you start doing that that clicked and worked the best in whichever area of your business however it's worked the best for you um, I, I think we've always gone for, um, we've always tried to improve things. So we're always we're big on learning and self-development. So we've, all, we've applied that in our businesses in various ways. So we're always looking to, to add value, to improve things. So if you look at this property, it is um, decorated with a very neutral coastal scheme. And that's deliberately so that doesn't date too much you know then there's no really loud patterns or um but there are lots of little touches that can be just easily replaced so there's um very little little boats um as little ornaments and things like that which you know we put there at the risk of them being taken but at the same time we've got bonds um and kind of the, the reassurance that people are paying a lot of money to come to these properties so it doesn't feel 
um, like like you know they'd be the type of people to to nick a 20 30 pound or sort of ornament boat but you get attached to some of these things because you put your emotions into them and like you know my husband like particularly likes some of the little um trinkets that are there um and so far touch wood you know it's all been great one of the other things we did was we invested in a, a hot tub which um in itself isn't a very profitable activity because the revenue that you pick up on the back of a hot tub isn't great it costs a lot more money to to run in terms of electricity and water because we're not only on you know obviously we're paying for the electricity but we're also on a metered water pump etc so there's a there's a big cost to that there's the fact that you know it's emptied every time somebody new comes in and it takes a full tank of hot water from our we've got a hot water tap installed outside so that the hot water gets put straight into the tub. So literally when it's not a full hot tub, you know, we haven't got a tank the size of a hot tub in our, in our attic, but it, it means that the temperature when people get into the water is around 25 degrees. So ideally you'd want it to be at 37 degrees, but it just means that you're not getting into a hot tub that's sort of seven or eight degrees temperature when somebody is coming in on a Friday morning or a Saturday morning and they're only coming for the weekend, it's going to take a few hours for that hot tub to get up to temperature from 25 degrees to 37. But of course, if it was just seven, it would take days. So there are things like that that we've done that have worked really well with the property. And the hot tub sells the out of season weeks. It doesn't really sell the summer we'd sell the summer all day long um because it's a very it's because of the location because of the access to the beach you don't really need the hot tub potentially in the summer you need the hot tub for those kind of winter evenings when people just want to get in somewhere warm with a glass of something and just look out over the um and the sun setting so it's just amazing from that point of view so that's what's worked really well from our point of view and that's something the the agent helped us and advised us we've gone for a really simple hot tub um, it has um doesn't have too many buttons i think it has about four buttons um just to keep down the complexity of you know how people might use it but also um of any kind of maintenance challenges really so brilliant so- well it's working really well it sounds absolutely gorgeous it got me started thinking i could do i need a hot tub <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need a hot tub outside my own <laughs> that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah and you, you're right it is such a good thing to to have for the for the winter months to fill up those weeks where it is maybe a little bit quieter and as you say the location summer is just it's going to be booked up without yeah. a, without a shadow of a doubt and, and listeners yeah. when you do go ahead and have a look at the website which I will link up at hlspod.com forward slash new era where you can see everything that myself and Lorraine have been chatting about today and you'll be able to link through to their website and have a look at that beautifully placed hot tub on the front looking over at the sea. So as, that, as we're on how the place looks and the photographs, how important do you feel it is for to-, to have great photography when you're marketing your holiday home? I think it's very important. And I think we, we're all in danger of, you know, when we're all starting out, it's another cost you don't want, right? It's kind of like three, four, five hundred pounds, whatever it, it costs to get a uh, property photographed and also the staging costs you know about putting out the things I mean our photographer again I shipped him in from the Midlands had to book a weekend out for him to do it so you know you could argue that it's probably cost 
I don't know, maybe a thousand pounds in terms of the lost revenue of, of putting him out for a week. And he, and he needs to photograph it when it's sunny. So it's going to be a peak weekend. Um, so the, there's all the challenges around that. But initially we advertised the place without professional photography because um, we were bootstrapping it really. We were just starting out and it was only when some cash came into the bank and we were felt that, you know, the property was sustaining itself that we then paid for some professional photography. But I have to say the difference is stunning. Um, the agents now use the, the photographs with the hot tub and the, the hue of the blue water and the sunset with the yellows and the oranges. It, it just is amazing. It looks like a photograph that would come from, you'd expect to come from a professional holiday let and seasoned magazine. So it feels, it definitely feels worth it. Can I quantify that it, that it's given me a return on investment? No. Um, but when I'm top, when we're top end prices, it's, it feels essential. It's part of that value add that actually you're just reassuring people and giving them the trust to buy that weekend from you. Some of our weekends are 50, um, some of our weeks peak season are 1500 pounds a week. For if you've got 10 people sleeping there, um, if you throw in a couple of dogs and you know, all the other things as well, then it's kind of one of those things that I feel is essential to make sure that we get the right price. Yeah, most definitely. And, and as you say, it's, it's a window for guests to absolutely be sure that they're getting what they want for their holiday. And that's finding that perfect match is what's going to make you happy, them happy, lead to repeat bookings and more guests in the future. Yeah, definitely. So from that, do you get a lot of repeat business based on the fact they've come to stay in this amazing location, um, loved every minute, and I mean, it looks like the type of place people would find just absolutely love because people are creatures of habit and just want to come back every year? Yeah, I'm, it's difficult for me to say. I mean, I don't really get involved in the day-to-day -day running of it, um, so I don't, I don't necessarily feel the repeat business but I, my impression is that it, it, it is we have um, a lot of future bookings um, you know if I want to book a week out for us as owners then um, I've got to be on my toes you know early this year I missed a couple of weeks I wanted to book because the bookings were just coming in really really fast uh, so it, it, it's, it's tricky and the Christmases get booked out and I feel that it, it doesn't need a high level of um, repeat business because of the location. So I don't need necessarily need to rely on that, but I think that will come. We're still fairly young from a holiday let type repeat business um, because people aren't going to come every second week or second month. So, you know, it, it is something they're just going to visit annually and having only been really established, but we've done two main seasons. We caught the end of the last season after the refurb um, which was kind of quite opportunistic. There was also a big building project next door, which kind of we felt we had to dampen our, our activity behind because we, we had to tell people that, you know, it's nothing to do with us, but there's a big house being renovated next door and a new roof and all that kind of the, the dust and things coming from that. So it's been difficult to gauge really, but my impression is that it will attract repeat business. Um, I've even we had a booking just recently and it was for two people with a wheelchair um because it's very it's, and that's another unique selling point is that it is wheelchair accessible but we took a booking for four people 
um, two people in a wheelchair it's got a wet room um, and um, they've got two dogs and they're quite hairy type dogs so we take an extra bond and an extra cleaning charge for that um, and you know me and my husband kind of disagreed slightly on whether we should have taken that booking but my feeling is that's a quite difficult family for, to find a holiday for. Um, so actually, if we can, we can accommodate them, um, and maybe experience will tell us differently, but if we can accommodate and it works really well, then in the future, we should be, um, we should be getting repeat bookings from stuff like that, okay. um, particularly with the disability. So um, we have put extra cleaning charges in, extra bond and extra... Um, charges to cut to accommodate that so yeah. I think that's that, that sounds like such a really good way of just making sure that you are unique and you are different and if you are happy to accommodate people with all these differences all in one go big family wheelchair accessible and dogs and yeah. then you've put all of those different things in place the yeah. extra bonds the extra cleaning fees to accommodate it I think I absolutely feel that's a really really good way to to go and, yeah. and there is there's that worry of course there is you'd be thinking oh, dog hair but the I know they're great cleaning company yep we have we've got a fantastic cleaning company um you know we, we, we've got the best hoovers there you know we, we're kind of we're trying to make sure that it it, it works for people but we're on the we're on the beachfront we're right in the middle of snowdonia national park people love to go walking and and dogs are allowed on the beach and it's kind of like it's kind of why why how do we like not market to to that and and address the needs of that market because otherwise it kind of feels like I don't know. I don't feel genuine if I don't uh, sort of allow that kind of market to, to come into the property. And I've, I feel the need and it's probably my emotions coming in rather than actually any business sense. But I feel the need to try and accommodate people that have these challenges. So, um, yeah, well, I, I think, you know, you, you feel like it might have come from an emotional point of view, but actually business wise, I, th I think that's hugely sensible. So I think you, you've got your business head on as well there and made a great decision. And said that was okay. But I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. You've put everything in place that, yeah. you know, to, to make sure it is a great stay for them and that the property is brought easily back to its original yeah. gorgeous beauty. So I think that's a great decision. <laughs> so based on what we've just touched on, how do you manage everything? How do you find and keep reliable staff? How does running the place from a distance work for you? Is that something you, you take any part in yourself or have you found a reliable company over there and they deal with everything? Yeah, I mean, that was part of the key components to begin with um, when we when we acquired the property and um, we made sure that we actually acquired it on the right mortgage product. So it's got a buy to let product. Part of that was um, understanding if there are agents in the area, agents provide forecasts to the mortgage company, make sure that um, we can, um, um, we can get the rents that we kind of were telling the mortgage company we can. So we kind of interviewed the agent really quite quickly up front um, to make sure that it, it, it would all stack and work. Um, so We've got an, an agent where we, we do pay higher fees because we have a higher percentage of owner um, of owner weeks, but those owner weeks are also to address um, repairs and renewals. You, you know, we talked about being on the coast, but actually the sky dish, you know, it's been up 12 months um, and it's rusted through. You'd think it'd been there 10 years, um, but it, it was a brand new dish. So 
because of that coastal erosion and stuff and, and all the kind of the salt and everything that's thrown at the property there is more maintenance so we do go and do little things like that we we keep um a stack of paint there that we you know we just touch up all the scuffs and things when we pop over so there is like a we do the kind of the you know that's the easy maintenance when we go there when we're staying but as there are there's a maintenance team as part of the contract as well so there's there's a hot tub guy um, that makes sure that all of that's okay if if anything if there is a particularly bad storm or something he'll go and unplug all the the, the electrics and stuff so that it doesn't um cause any damage so i have a really practical team who go and check you know particularly in the winter season when uh, I think all oh, the danger with properties is when they're empty you know actually they get cold you, you then can't check on maintenance and there's no kind of awareness of what's going on so our, our staff and our team are really great for that but the the agent themselves I think was the key to success because without them the day-to-day -day management it would be a bit of a nightmare being so remote so that's my first priority the cleaning team are also great um but the, you know, the cleaning team's family went and stayed there last week, um, just as we're talking now. And, and, you know, that's how much they love the property. And I think if you provide a nice standard property, then your cleaning team enjoy cleaning it as well. They like putting it back to, um, to that sort of wow factor when people walk in through the door. So there's lots of things working in our favor, really, with, with the whole way that we've set out the property. It's, uh, it sounds like you've got it all set up absolutely brilliant. And, and what I love is that you've been saying throughout that you did a lot of things ahead of time. So it was a lot of planning and forward thinking, particularly with finding the right agent because they were actually integral to the application for the mortgage. And then, of course, they, they then became part of the team going forwards. Um, the yeah. maintenance, you, you, you planned ahead because you can do bits of that on your own, but you've got the bulk of the team already there. So really, one of, one of my questions was actually going to be, what's the biggest ongoing struggle? But it actually feels like that could be your biggest ongoing struggle if that agent hadn't been there. But really, that's dealt with by forward planning. Would you agree with that or...? Yeah, I, th I think my biggest struggle is the rest of our business is doing really well. It's actually getting there. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's we we don't use it or we don't go as often as we'd like. Um, we, you know, we um, my the trouble is as well. My kids see it as work because I guess like when we go, we do these maintenance jobs and we paint and we you know we do these little things. So they don't necessarily see it as a holiday. So what was quite a revelation to us was that actually after having it about a year kind of not going abroad for a year my kids kind of went when are we going on holiday and we were like we've just been on you know we've just like had a bit of a working man's holiday um so yeah that's been a kind of a bit of a revelation and I think as an owner you can it, especially when you you're visiting properties that you want to enjoy yourself that you can experience that kind of that double-edged um sword with it really but I would say that's our biggest struggle and, and just um, getting, if there are any projects that need doing or anything particular, um, it, it's just planning that in and you know, the weeks get booked up all the time. So it's just kind of, it is all about planning. And I think actually we, we're pretty good at that but sometimes we give ourselves a hard time about the challenges around that yeah I, I can see that you, you want to go and absolutely love the place but you want to go and look after the place and yeah. love love kids for just really digging giving you a right good dig there like we've just <laughs> taken you on holiday when are we going on holiday 
<laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. cheers. <laughs> so just for a bit of fun, if you're happy to share, what is the weirdest thing a guest has ever done or maybe left behind in the property? Oh gosh, I was I was thinking about this because you you shared that you might ask me this question. So um I, I did have to rack my brains a little bit because I guess I'm not there to see all the the um the day-to-day stuff, but um one of the things that has been left is a huge blow-up pink flamingo um, <laughs> that somebody bought um, and then left in the hot tub. So, um, yeah, bless them. It took over the hot tub. It's a typical thing, isn't it, when you go abroad, like you see all of these like lilos and inflatable kids things in the corridors when people just get on their planes and go home. Yeah, so that was kind <laughs> of a bit strange. Fabulous. Yeah, you want to go in the hot tub and instead of floating on it, you want to be in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my kids just enjoy it though they, they, yeah. uh, they repurposed it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good plan unless you go yeah. back and then the next time you see it floating off across the sea <laughs> yeah. no yeah. that's another thing gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay thank you for that so what, what advice would you give to someone just starting out in the holiday let industry they may be thinking of getting involved or they've just purchased their own place what, what's your best piece of advice I think it, uh, there were two pieces of advice and it depends, I think, whether you're in the holiday lets per se or if you're doing more corporate lets. Um, I, I suppose it, actually thinking about it, it's probably the same thing, but at the right time of year to start. Um, and the other thing is, I think you, when you're refurbing as well, you can always pre-sell, but sometimes you forget. So you don't necessarily need to wait for the full, you know, photography pictures. You can take sort of similar pictures or or even get some um, CAD drawings. You know, there's, there's a lot of really cheap, accessible ways to get illustrated drawings done of, of what your property will look like if you need to advertise it. And that investment in itself, if you're going to spend four or five hundred pounds on doing something like that, bringing the cash flow forward and getting those bookings in early, I think pays dividends because your people need time to book their holidays. They need they need to plan and they're planning. So if you're bringing a property to market, then I think, you, you know, that would be worth doing from my point of view and that's probably you know where I if I was doing it again I would try you're always at the peril of like last minute sort of not being ready um you know we've we've refurbished HMOs has some occasion where we've been um, refurbishing them and literally the builder's been like putting the light fittings up and people have been moving in but it's a pressure and it's a deadline that you work to and, and somehow it all comes together and that's kind of where I think with holiday lets, because the cash flow can be so seasonal, is seasonal, um, that if you're coming to market at the wrong time, then it can have a real impact on your business. Yeah, I, that's really, really good advice to, to try and get those bookings ahead of time. And, and as you say, even if you've got that deadline in there, I think the key thing is to, you know, the deadline's coming up, you're working, doing what you can and just real communication with your team that are actually on the ground doing the work and yeah. to, to get to that deadline and make it a team effort to really, really get there. So yeah. great advice. Thank you very much. So where do you think the future of the holiday let industry is, is headed based on your experience so far? Dare I say the B word, the Brexit word? I, d I don't know. I'm, I think it's interesting. Nobody can put their 
you know crystal ball this too much but i think it's growing um, our experience is having a high-end product that suits young families and gives a sort of a multi-generational holiday um is is really interesting to the holiday industry in the uk and it with the summers that we've been having it's just amazing. You could be anywhere in the world. Um, you don't necessarily have to be on the coast of France to, to experience it. And we were in Wales last year and literally we had the whole barbecue on the beach. It was just fantastic. Um, and those are days my kids are on forever. So, you know, as kids, we always used to holiday in the UK and we never, you know, I didn't go abroad until I was about 11 or 12. Um, and maybe coming back to those kind of principles and you know, realigning, our, our, you know, moving away from Brexit, moving away from the European Union, I think whether we, whatever happens, we will, um, in our mindset, we'll be thinking slightly differently as, as British citizens. So I think kind of it's something that's going to grow and increase i hope that um that the weather's great because i think that would uh, that would make it all a lot more profitable yeah very yeah you make some really really good points there we we are in an air, a time that that is quite unsure we don't really know what's going to happen but i agree anytime you can have a staycation in the uk as you said it's like being abroad on the beach when the weather when the weather's here and to, and to be fair when the weather's not here a walk on the beach I mean it's just it's, it's absolutely stunning yeah. <laughs> we've got I think yeah. remembering that um, yeah and just thinking back really to our own thing. yeah making you know thinking back to our own childhoods the UK is a great place to, yeah to and, and that that's really fair point actually because I think we forget that actually being in a location, being on holiday and having all the mod cons around you um, and just being entrenched in the house, you know, and not having anything particularly to do other than doing nothing is a great way to, to reset. And we're also busy, aren't we? And I, I love the fact that we're on, you know, when the weather's horrendous and the, the sea's throwing it at you, it just feels so powerful and so energetic. It's just a great place to be. You know, we've been sat with blankets on the front, like watching the, the waves come up and, you know, with just the energy of it all is just tremendous. And I think we forget that actually being with, being in that natural nature environment does give us a lot of um, re-energizing and, and um, way to charge recharge the battery so yeah i think we, we forget that and we can do with marketing in that a little bit more so yeah i i agree some great points i think we both we both suddenly stumbled upon a memory yeah. of our own haven't we there just in that conversation yeah. it is it's it is a beautiful place to be so thank you so much lorraine i think you shared some amazing amazing insight into how to run a beachside property as a holiday home and really attract some very niche markets and, and how to really cater for those and the pitfalls to be aware of and of course some of the real bonuses of having a property like this so thank you so much for taking the time to to come and chat with us today for listeners can you just let us know how we can get in touch with you and of course how listeners can come and have a look at that beautiful property the, the website address would be great Yes. So um, my email is the best way to get hold of me. I'm a bit of a email junkie. I like to get my inbox down to zero constantly. So I'm going to respond really quickly to that. So it's Lorraine, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E at, and it's a long one, but hopefully I can explain it well. It's Lorraine at New Era. And that's New, N-E-W, Era, E-R-A, Property Solutions 
with an s.co.uk. So that's Lorraine at New Era Property Solutions. Okay. Perfect. And what's the website for the holiday home? So um, because we have um, go with the agent's website, so it's Lounge Holidays in Cowan, um, spelled T-Y-W-Y-N. The property is actually called Swinnymore, which is S-W-N and then a Y-M-O-R. So that's um, Welsh for Sound of the Sea. Beautiful name. And for the, anyone listening who didn't write down that Welsh spelling quick enough, <laughs> don't worry, you can head to the website at hlspod.com forward slash new era where you can get in touch with Lorraine and have a look at her beautiful property and experience that she's created for guests there. So thanks once more, Lorraine. Really appreciate your time today, sharing your expertise and insight into your business of holiday letting. Thank you for now. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holiday Let Success podcast. But remember, it doesn't need to end here. Find us on Facebook at the Holiday Let Success podcast community, where you can join a group of like-minded, proactive holiday homeowners just like you. And don't forget to check out the website, hlspod.com, where you can join the HLS Learning Hub, our free membership site, where you get access to all of the free resources that'll help you towards your holiday let success. Bye for now.